Well, welcome back to our uh, series on prayer. Um, each week we've been looking at a different aspect and a different part of prayer. So today we are going to be actually focusing on and looking at what it means to pray for healing. But to give us our foundation of where we're actually coming from and why prayer is so important, because prayer is the work of all believers in Jesus Christ. It's the reason um, for what we do. It's the power in what we do. It is the foundation of what we do as Christians. So let's just recap what it means for us to be praying. And that's, that comes from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, what? Instead, pray about everything. And I tell God and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, prayer is key and foundational to what it means to be a disciple, living out what, what Jesus has done for us. It's not an optional extra. It is part and parcel of what it means for us to be Christians. See, I cannot stress how important it is for us to actually pray. It is vital if your prayer life is lacking, if your prayer life feels like it's not really on point and, and growing and expanding, then we need to come and understand what it means to pray with power, pray with conviction, pray earnestly for things. And, and no more than what we're going to be talking about today, which is about praying for healing. See, I want to say this. When we pray for healing... We do so out of the basis that we pray in the basis of we, we imitate what we have seen. We imitate what we have experienced. We pray from what other people have taught us how to pray. So as we look at the, the Bible passages for today, instead of going back into the Old Testament, I wanted us to focus in around the New Testament. And I didn't want necessarily to focus around what Jesus did around things because so often we... When we think about prayer, when we think about being a, a disciple, we naturally gravitate to where Jesus is. And that's really important because Jesus is the key for us. But I wanted to see what the disciples did about prayer. I wanted to see how the disciples imitated Jesus in prayer and what it meant for them to pray for healing and specifically pray for healing. So let's just jump into Acts chapter 9, verses 32, and we're only going to look um, up to 35. So we're just going to go for the first healing that, that Peter does. Meanwhile, Peter travelled from place to place and came down to, a, to visit the believers in the town of Leda. There he met a man named Anias, who had been paralysed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Anias, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. And the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Anias walking around and they turned to the Lord. See, this is amazing. Can you, can you, can you hear the echoes of how Peter has imitated Jesus specifically about what it means to actually heal people, to pray for them, to heal them. I just want to jump into, and you'll probably know this passage, and it comes from John chapter 5. This is Peter 
imitating Jesus. And this is Jesus in John chapter 5 providing healing in this space. So let me just jump into this reading from from John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And it's verses 1 through to 9. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays, or holy days, I should say. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethsaida, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. And one of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began to walk. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So here you see... Peter actually living out what it means to be a disciple. Here you see Peter imitating the actions that he had been taught through Jesus Christ. He took on the power of Jesus to heal this person of of what had afflicted him. Peter had faith in God. Peter had faith in a miraculous God. And those that saw Peter doing the healing... They believed in Jesus Christ. They believed in the power of Jesus' name. They believed that Jesus could continue to heal even when he died and been risen and taken up into heaven. But Peter imitated through the actions that he was taught. He imitated his prayer. He imitated his behaviour on Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this question today. Have you experienced healing prayer? Have you experienced the power of God working through prayer? Because we pray out of the experience of prayer that has been around us. See, I first learned to pray. I first learned to pray from, and I was taught to pray from our youth group leader. When I was back at Miranda Uniting Church, where as a teenager, I came into faith and came into to knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. And I had no concept of what it meant to pray. I had no idea of, of what it meant to pray for anything in particular. And I was floundering. And so my youth group leader at that time actually taught me how to pray. And I could model my way I prayed on the way that he prayed. See, I learned to follow Jesus by imitating somebody that was already following Jesus. This is what it means to be a disciple, and this is what it means to learn how to pray in these things. So I want to say this to you, and I want to humbly say to this, that this is actually really challenging for us. Because if we feel uncomfortable about prayer, if we feel uncomfortable about praying for healing, if we feel uncomfortable about any of these things revolving around prayer, then I must apologise because I haven't taught you well. I haven't modelled it that you can pray openly and honestly because I'm standing here and I'm saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
Your prayer life needs to be powerful, which means my prayer life needs to be powerful. Because just as Paul, the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians church, he said, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And that is what it means to be a leader. That means what it means to be out in front of the church is to show people how to pray. It's a question you should be asking yourself, especially if you're talking to other people about faith. So if you're taking this whole discipleship um, of, of, of Jesus opening up people's minds and hearts, we should take this seriously and teach those who we are discipling how to pray because prayer is the work that we do as Christians. So I'm going to come in and do a little bit of teaching on prayer, of healing today. Um, And specifically, I'm going to look at James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. Now, this is not the only time that healing prayer happens. It's not the only way that healing prayer happens. But what I want to do is focus on six aspects that come out of our reading from James 5 that teach us about prayer for healing and about how we can pray the way we should pray, that James is teaching those around. And we need to actually understand this, that James is actually speaking to the the Jewish believers who come to understand who who Jesus Christ is as their Lord and Saviour, as their Messiah, is speaking to those people scattered out amongst the Roman Empire and they're, they're being challenged with living outside of Jerusalem, living outside of the the communities of faith into the the wider world. And the big thing that James is really wanting the believers to understand is that your faith and your action need to come together well. They actually need to come. People can't see that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ unless... They see your faith in action. Unless your life is showing that you believe in Jesus Christ and your life has changed and your patterns of behaviour have changed. So James is really drilling home on what it means as a life of a believer to live out your faith. So let's just jump into James chapter 5, verse 13 through to 18. Let me read it for you again. And this time I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Notice that. Notice the first thing. If you are suffering hardships, if life is difficult, life is tough, what's the first thing you should do? You should pray. If you, any of you are happy, you should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are and yet when he prayed earnestly, that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crop. See, see, see James just there bringing in what it means for, for Elijah 
as a human to pray for no rain and no rain fell and then pray again for rain and rain to fall is, is faith and power and action in prayer. Even from all of that time, and he's, he's reminding those people that have got that Jewish heritage that this is what they're meant to be doing. They're meant to be powerful in prayer. They're meant to be earnest in prayer. They're meant to be you know, strong in, in prayer. It's not something that has just happened through the New, Church, New Testament. It goes all the way back. How do we communicate with God? How do we communicate with our Saviour? We do it through prayer, and we need to pray with power. So here are... Here are six keys that James puts in front of us as the church that we can take up today, tomorrow, into the future always about how we can pray for healing for people. And the first is is this. The sick should call the elders of the church to pray. See, James is actually indicating the, the initial step of the person who wants healing is about faith in asking for prayer. It's about that step stepping up and going, I want, you know, there's something going on in my life. I'm unwell, I'm feeling sick, or, or what's going on is the initial step is for that person to say, I want prayer. And that's really powerful because that's a step beyond ourselves. That's a step to come and seek healing from God. You're wanting seeking healing from God and the power of God. And we come to the church elders to ask that. So they, they are the spiritual leaders of the church. They are the ones that have learned how to pray. They are the ones that have got power in their prayer. And, and they are the ones that James is saying, come to, call the elders to come and pray. Now, this may be something that we do as a church each and every week that we meet together. There is time and a space available for those to pray if people are willing to say I, I seek prayer. All of our leaders within our church, and I want to say this openly and honestly, will pray for you. But if we don't know what you want to pray for, if we don't know that you need prayer, then how can we pray? One of the things about the church is we are not ambulance chasers. People need to be seeking God's providence in their life. People need to be seeking God's power in their life. So the first step, and James puts it, is to call the elders for prayer, to to ask the elders to come and pray for, for my healing. The second thing is this. James says that the elders should pray. There's a big challenge for us as a church. This is not about an individual coming and praying. This is not about a priestly function coming and doing something as though one special person has got the power. Now, we do have indications and we see, we see Peter healing by himself through prayer. We, we, we see that happening. But what James is talking about here, and this is why I'm saying it, is how does the church respond? How do we as faithful believers in Jesus Christ who come together to worship, witness, and serve our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we come? We come in prayer. And the elders, those who have been praying, those who are spiritually sound individuals that have got connection to God, that pray earnestly themselves, they should come and pray for those who are sick. So it's not about an individual. Jesus is saying that Praying for healing is bigger than just this single person. It's the church that prays for it. 
It doesn't mean that you know, the leader, the minister, is, is not involved in this prayer. It just means that James is opening it up. The third thing that James then comes and gives us is this. He says that you should anoint, anoint in the name of our Lord, of Jesus Christ, calling upon Jesus' name and power to heal. And we, and we, we anoint with oil to do that. Now, it's interesting because oil was one of those, um, those things that was most commonly used as healing medicine back in the time that James was around. Now, oil was used to heal, but anointing with oil is, is, is to use that medicine and prayer. So it's not to pull it apart. It doesn't mean that prayer is not doing the healing. It means that nowadays, as we look at it, and as we've got more med medical advances going on, we have prayer and we have healing through medicine, and we work them together. I remember when I was actually back doing some um, education around uh, ministry within hospitals, and I remember reading an article that I was given that actually looked at how prayer enabled greater healing on people's lives, um, even when that individual didn't know that somebody was praying for them. So they actually had a group of people who would pray specifically for individuals for their healing. And they had, and they looked and compared to those similar people with similar illnesses that didn't have people that prayed for them. Just random study, and they found that prayer, those people who prayed for, by and large, got better and had better outcomes in their lives. There is power in prayer. There is power in praying for healing. But we don't, we don't dismiss our faith. We don't dismiss the power that God works by using medicine and allowing medicine to do the work as well. James is saying you anoint with oil, which is using medicine and prayer together. But we do it in the power of Jesus' name. And, and, and this is the fourth thing. We, we actually evoke, invoke the name of Jesus Christ. We invoke the name of Jesus Christ. We, we're not doing it. We're not praying in our name. We're not praying in our power. We are praying in the power of Jesus upon this person. We're not. We, we're praying upon God's power on this. This is so important that we don't do it through our own means, but we do it through the power of God working through us. It is God that brings the healing. The fifth thing, which, you know. And it was interesting because I was reading through this and there's a temptation when reading James's um, section about praying for healing is to stop just after the healing part and before you get to the confessing your sins part. But it's important that James actually frames healing and praying for others for healing in the space of praying and confessing your sins. James actually says we need to confess our sins. We need to confess our sins and pray for each other for healing. That is a challenge back to us as a church. See, if we continue to harbour our sins, we continue to not confess our sins to God, how is healing going to happen through us if we're willing, if we keep on holding this back? It is about opening ourselves up to God's cleansing grace through us. So we need to confess our sins and we pray for each other and the power of God will heal us and forgive us of our sins as well if we are willing to confess our sins to the Lord. 
See, some people think that this little passage is about confessing your sins and the healing is the healing of those sins. I think it's actually much bigger than that. It's actually bigger than that because sin affects every part of our lives and we need to realise that for ourselves. Sin affects every part of our lives so we need to confess our sins so we can have healing and that healing prayer may happen. It's also important for those who are praying. Let me flip it around for a moment. If you are wanting to pray for healing for somebody and you're coming on there and you're anointing those person, you're praying, you're wanting the power of God, if you are harboring sins in your life and you're not willing to confess them, the power of God is not going to work through you. You need to confess your sins as well. It is so important for us to be able to do that. And the sixth point that James brings out, the sixth key that James brings out is this, is that God will heal. Excuse me. It is God's power that heals. The prayer, the anointing, the calling out of Jesus' names, it's not a magical um, formula to put into place. It is actually opening up for God's power to intervene into a person's life. See, in John's Gospel, in John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, it says this, I tell you the truth, everyone who believes in me will do the same work I have done. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his disciples <coughs> about the Jesus. Just before this, Jesus has actually said that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. No one can come to the Father, our God, except through Jesus Christ. So he's just told his disciples that in order for them to come to God, in order for them to come to God, they've got to go through Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes on and tells them, there is power in my name. There is power in my teaching. And he teaches them this. I tell you the truth. Everyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. So that's what we're meant to be doing. We're meant to do the same works that Jesus has done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. What a powerful thing for us to do. When we come into this space thinking about and and understanding what it means to pray for healing, that is that we do it in the power of Jesus' name. That if we ask for healing in prayer through the name of Jesus, God is going to honour that if it's working within the will of God in those people's lives. So as I come and I wrap up, I opened up earlier in the week to say we're going to be praying for healing and I encourage people to ask for prayers for healing And earlier in the service, I asked if you've got any prayers that you want healing for. And as I said, I wanted to do this in person, but we find ourselves in lockdown. And this does not mean that prayer and the healing prayer cannot move beyond this space. Prayer is bigger than us. But I really wanted to do this in person. But I I want to specifically today pray. Pray for your healing. Pray for the things that are going on in your life that you need God's healing power to work in. 
So I know that there's a couple of things that um, have come up, and I know there's a couple of uh, people that have asked for prayer. So if you want to seek prayer right now, I encourage you to put it in the chat, to put it into the um, online church online uh, prayer request. One of the team will pray for you, but I will also pray for you right now. So let's just come and let's just pray together.